to the house of the Lord. I love coming to the house of God. I love being with the people of God. Of experiencing the presence of God that moves so strong when we come together in that name. Jesus said, where one or two are gathered together, two or three are gathered together in my name. There will I be in the midst of them. And I'm thankful to gather together in that name and experience the presence of the Lord. Aren't you? Amen. If Jesus had not come. There's a uh, there's an old movie that probably. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, we got good help around here, don't we? Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Y'all don't tell Daniel I put this on his couch. Okay. That'll be our secret. (laughs) There's an old movie that most of you've probably heard of called It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody ever heard of that? Old Jimmy Stewart. And uh, he he plays a character um, that, uh, what, what was his name? George Bailey, thank you. He plays George Bailey. And, um, George Bailey uh, had plans for his life, what he was going to do, and and all these things. And then some things happened that kind of derailed all that. And very unselfishly, he made a, a decision that he would he would try to stay and, and help out with the family business and some things. And uh, but but pressures begin to mount on him, and he finally gets to the point where he declares, he said, "It would have been better if I had never been born." If I'd never been born. And so um, there's an angel by the name of Clarence that comes along. And Clarence says, I'm going to show you what life would have been like if you had never been born. Remember, Clarence was trying to get his wings. And uh, said, I'm going to show you uh, what life would have been like if you'd never been born. And so he gets a glimpse of what his uh what his family's life and those that he is connected to would have been if he'd never been born. And it, it when you think about that story and uh, in this time of year, you, you might stop and think, what if Jesus had never been born? George Bailey was a fictional character, but Jesus is God Almighty robed in flesh, and he is the real thing. And if Jesus had not come, what would our lives have been like? If, uh, if, if he had never um, laid in the manger, if there had been no silent night in Bethlehem, what if the shepherds had never heard a choir of angels sing? What if wise men had never journeyed from afar following that star? What if... He had not left his home in glory and come to this sin-sick world in which we live. What if Jesus had not come? Um, I think if we're not careful, we'll take for granted the fact that our great God and Savior came to save us. And I think it's worth all of, it's worth taking a moment tonight to stop and be reminded of the fact that you and I are just so very dependent upon the fact that Jesus did come. Because if he had not come, 
there would be so much that we would struggle with today. And there would be uh, so many things in life that I'm going to tell you, you wouldn't have victory over because it is the Holy Ghost that gives us strength to have victory over some things. But if we had not had the Holy Ghost, there'd be a lot of us in this room that'd be fighting things and struggling with things that you don't fight with and you don't struggle with tonight simply because Jesus came. Simply because Jesus came. So we celebrate the fact that he came. It would be impossible tonight for me to stand here and begin to enumerate all of the blessings that we enjoy because of the fact that he came. It'd be impossible. We could talk about peace. We could talk about joy. We could talk about uh, we, we could talk about his his enduring presence. We could talk about the fact that he is with us always. We could talk about how he delivers. We could talk about how he saves. We could go on and on and on tonight. And if, if we went around the room and we said, could you tell us some things that Jesus has done for you? We would be here all night long talking about what Jesus has done for us. Because one thing that happens when you get to talking, like if I put you on the spot, you might for a moment stammer and, 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 and try to get it together. Uh, well, let me think about what he's done for me. But all it would take is one or two of us to name a couple of things that the Lord has done and it would start the ball rolling and it would be like that avalanche that starts with the little snowball coming down the mountain and before long you'd have that great big avalanche coming down of people sharing the things for which they are thankful because of the fact that Jesus has done something in their life. God has been so good to us tonight. We ought never take for granted the fact that we serve the Savior who came from glory to this earth do you realize how wonderful it is because there were generations and generations and generations that had come before us and all they knew was a God that to them was afar off all they knew was a God that was behind a veil all they knew was a God that they could not uh, they had never laid an eye on all they knew was a God uh, that that they could not really identify with to the point they said we don't even want to hear him speak Moses we'll listen to you but we don't even want to hear him speak because it scares us when he speaks um, a God that that was that uh, spoke through prophets and and uh, that was his connection oftentimes with his people that he would speak through a prophet and that prophet would get up and would say thus saith the Lord and that is the only way they had to receive the word of God. But you and I have something so much more special. Because I have tasted and I have seen that the Lord is good. Matter of fact, I've tasted and I've seen that God is real. And I'm about to mess up, mess up a good message for Sunday, but it's burning in my heart. Let me tell you something. There's a, and I'm going to preach this Sunday, so when I get up to preach Sunday, y'all just act like you never heard it before, okay? But the scripture said that the angel said to Joseph, said, fear not to take unto thee Mary to be your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, right? And, and the Lord prompted me with something. Uh, I, I've already been working on a message that, uh, for the spirit of Christmas on Sunday. And, and the Lord prompted me today with something about that. And that is this. Uh, the angel told Joseph, said, that which is... Uh, conceived in her is of the holy ghost in other words that that is very the thing that she is carrying is very legitimate it's legitimate joseph you don't have to be worried about if this thing is not legit or not 
it's very legitimate, Joseph. You can, you can uh, rest assured in the fact that, that there has been no promiscuity and this isn't what other people might want to make it out to be. This is the real thing. And I'm glad tonight to serve the Jesus who is the real thing. And I'm glad when I talk about the Holy Ghost tonight, I'm not talking about something that is, uh, that is far off from us. I'm not talking about a spirit that I have not experienced. I'm not talking about a spirit that I have not felt. But I'm talking about the spirit of God that moves in my life every day. I can sit in my chair at home, lift my hands toward heaven, and the Holy Ghost can move in my life. I can experience the presence of God. Jesus came, and I have known him, and he has moved in such a great way. And I don't ever want to forget about that. I don't ever want to take it for granted that he has come. I'm so glad. I thank God for David. I thank God for Moses. I thank God for Elijah. I thank God for the patriarchs and the matriarchs. I thank God for all of those who came along before. But I wouldn't trade who I am and what I have felt for, the, for what they experienced any day of the week. Because I know they had some great things happen. And I know they did exploits. And I know they had, the, you know, the Spirit of God moved on them. But the Spirit of God that moved on them is the same Spirit of God that moves in me. And I get to feel something they never felt. I get to experience something they never got to experience. Think about this with me. We talk about David and David being the sweet psalmist of Israel. He, he was the worshiper. He was the one who, who lifted up the name of Jesus, wrote so many songs that are found in your Bible in the book of Psalms. And, and uh, he, he, he just had a gift for that. But David uh, was the one who, when they were bringing the ark of the covenant, ark of the testimony, however you want to say it, back into Jerusalem or for the first time, because uh, Saul, the scripture said, had never inquired after the ark. And David said, that's not right. We've got to get the ark back to the tabernacle where it belongs. And so they go and they're bringing it in. The first time they did it wrong, he learned a lesson. So the second time comes along, he said, we've got to do this right. So they get priests and they're carrying that ark on their shoulders. And David, uh, the scripture said, put on the ephod. And he would go six paces. And then he stopped and he began to worship and praise God. Now, David began to, you got to think about this. David began to do that and he, 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 did not feel, he did not feel what you and I feel. David had never experienced the Holy Ghost like you and I have experienced the Holy Ghost. In the presence of God, it wasn't available to him. So what he did, he did in his flesh alone. But what I can do, it may start in my flesh, but at some point, there's a connection made in my spirit. And I get to experience the presence of God in a way he never did. And that's probably why I preached it before, but that's probably why David only went six paces and stopped and began to worship. Because six is the number of man. David went as far as a man could. But since that time is, has passed, and I'm in something I don't need to be preaching right now, but just let me say it because I'm here, all right? It was, six, it was just about six paces when you entered the holy place in the tabernacle. From the time you walked in the holy place, there was the, there was the uh, 
table of showbread on your right, the golden candlestick on your left, the altar of incense in front of you, and the veil was beyond that. Six paces. Would, if you took six paces, you would have been standing in front of that veil. And David took six paces because his experience taught him that that was as far as he could get. He wasn't qualified to go beyond that veil. Six paces was all that man could really do. But thank God he tore that veil. And now I get to go into the holiest of holies. And what David never got to feel, I get to feel. What David never got to experience, I have experienced. I'm thankful that Jesus came. Are you glad that Jesus came tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he had not come, the promises of God's word would be unfulfilled. If he had not come, this world would still be in gross darkness. If Jesus had not come, there would be no bridge across the gulf of sin. If Jesus had not come, we would not know just how much he loves us. And if Jesus had not come, there would be no Savior for our sin. And there would be no hope for beyond the grave. But thank the Lord that he came. And he came for you. And he came for me. And I've got to give him praise for that tonight. I've got to give him praise for that tonight. Jesus said in John 15, he said, if I had not come. He said, if I hadn't come, then, then uh, sin issues wouldn't be. But he said, I have come, and now I've pulled back the cloak of sin. And the things that were hidden from you before, I can expose them to you now. You don't have to walk uh, through this life anymore meandering, wondering, am I on the right path or not? We have something to show us if we're on the right path or not. That's why you better hold on to the word of God with everything in you. Don't ever let go of God's word. Don't ever let go of what, of what he has said and the path that he has given to us. If he had not come, what would this world be like? That's the question I pose to you tonight. So let me tell you a few things that would not be if he had not come. The first is that there would be no church. There would be no church if Jesus had not come. Without Jesus, there is no church because the church is the body of Christ. And you and I have all come to the understanding tonight of this fact. And that is that this world really needs a church. But if Jesus hadn't come, there wouldn't be a church. I'm going to tell you tonight, unequivocally, I'm going to tell you, standing flat-footed and look at you, I'm going to let you know that you need the church and I need the church. We all need the church. We all need the church. Don't listen to some Yahoo who doesn't know what they're talking about. And remember, I'm just a little sick tonight, so I may just say it a little plain, all right? Don't listen to some Yahoo idiot that doesn't, that doesn't know what they're talking about tells you, well, I don't, need a ch- I, I don't need to go to a church. I don't need to be a part of it. Yes, you do. You don't have a clue what you're talking about. God ordained this thing called the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Didn't he say it? If you're not in the church, then the gates of hell are going to prevail against you. Hello? 
Hello? If you're not in the church, the gates of hell are going to prevail against you. It's not, your, it's not your home devotion that's going to keep the gates of hell from prevailing against you. It's not your uh, ability to sing a song in your living room that's going to keep the gates of hell from prevailing against you. It's you come at becoming connected to this thing called the church that keeps hell held at bay. It's you being a part of this thing called the church. You need the church. You need the church. You ought to come to church every chance you get. And you ought to, be, uh, you ought to get plugged in when you come into church. You don't just need to walk in and, and, and take a seat and be, become a spectator. You need to become a participator. There's too many. The, uh, somebody, uh, Wayne Huntley it was, said one time somebody was griping. He said he got tired of hearing some older folks gripe about, uh, about all of the, the young people that they felt weren't serving God like they needed to. And he said, the reason we got so many icicles in the youth group is because we got too many popsicles in the church. <laughs> and what he was saying is this, we've got too many people that have started becoming spectators. And one thing that will make my blood boil is to hear somebody talk about what used to be, how it used to be, and that be the person who never leads in anything. And I, I want to look them in the eye and say, why don't you get up and make it happen then? Well, we used to see this, then why don't you go ahead and lead the way and we'll see it again. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of a church of what used to be. I want to be a part of a church of what is. And this thing called the church needs all of us to be involved in it. We need you. We need your prayers. We need your worship. We need your passion. We need your soul winning. We need your exuberance. We need your dedication. We need your faithfulness. We need you. You need us. We need the church. We need the church. Y'all all right out there tonight? This city needs a church. Jonesboro, Arkansas needs a church. It doesn't need to just be any church, but it needs to be a church that preaches the truth. And there's so many things out there today that, that will tell you they are truth. And, and probably most of them really believe that they are the truth. So I'm not here to act like people are being insincere when they say that. But I am here to tell you I believe that, uh, that the apostolic church has a little bit more revelation of what is truth than just the average person out there. We have taken this Bible. We have not diluted it. We have not watered it down with tradition. We have not held back the Spirit of God through our preconceived notions. But something began to happen in this world. It had it, been happening ever since the Lord came. Uh, and ever since the day of Pentecost when that church was established. That we all trace our roots back to. It had been happening since that time, but there was a resurgence that came along around the turn of the 20th century in a little uh, mission on Azusa Street in California, in Los Angeles. And people began to come back to the fact that there is a God. He doesn't just want to be around you. He doesn't just want to be near you, but he actually wants to be within you. And they started getting the Holy Ghost. The newspaper said, that uh, people would testify to the fact. The newspaper said that people were saying, as soon as I get within about a certain radius of that little mission, that little leverage table on Azusa Street, 
All it takes is for me to get a block or two away. And I begin to feel something moving on me and pulling me. And people just flocked to that little place. And they didn't really, they didn't really have any, a whole lot of order there. Uh, uh, Brother uh, Seymour would just kind of lean his head down on an old uh, apple crate box. And he would just pray and, and he, would just, he would just be humble before God. But brother, something began to happen in that place. And the Lord began to move. And God began to reestablish his church on this earth. And I'm glad to be a part of something. We don't just believe what is tradition, but we believe what comes from the word of God. I'm glad to be built on the rock of God's word, which cannot be moved. Which cannot be moved. And that's the kind of church... Uh, that this city needs. Jonesboro needs a church that preaches truth. Jonesboro needs a church that will not water down the word of God. That will not water down the lifestyle that God has called for us to live. Jonesboro needs a church that will be faithful. That will be instant in season and out of season. Jonesboro needs a church that will be a city that is set on a hill. We are a lighthouse in this city. We are a beacon in this city. We are a city of refuge. We are sanctuary church. This is a place where people can gather. They can come from all walks of life. It doesn't matter how much money they've got. It doesn't matter what culture they come from. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what language they speak. It doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. Anybody can come in here and anybody can experience the presence of God. We need a church. We need a church. And if Jesus had not come, there would be no church. I hope you recognize the value of your church tonight. I hope you recognize the value of your church. Don't ever take this place for granted. Don't ever take this place for granted. Uh, you know, we're not perfect around here. We get a lot of things wrong. Uh, as far Not doctrine. But, but we're going to get things, things wrong. Maybe we didn't handle somebody just right. Maybe... Maybe I didn't say something to you just right, and, 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 and maybe I didn't give you the attention you needed at a particular time. And, and every once in a while, we're going we're, we're gonna to drop the ball in some of those areas, and that's going to happen. But please don't ever let carnal, carnality keep you from, in, from, uh, from recognizing the value of your church. Please don't let carnality keep you from understanding that you're part of one of the greatest churches in all the world. Please, please, please don't let attitudes and pettiness and division come between you and your church. You need this church. You need this church. Please don't let your, your quest for, for recognition and glory keep you from recognizing the value of your church. If my name or your name never gets mentioned, that really shouldn't be a big deal. Just the fact that we come together. There's only one name that really matters around here. And that's the name of Jesus. I thank God for my church. I thank God for my church. You know, when we were getting ready to come here, we were leaving Hot Springs. Asher was nine months old. And, and so um, I can remember uh, there being some services where the presence of the Lord would get to moving and God would begin to really move in a great way. And, and I would pick him up 
at nine months old. My wife probably remembers this. And I'd just go walking around the, across the front of the church holding Asher, praising God. You know what I was doing? I was just trying to get every little bit of, of, of value of the church that I could into him. I, I, I wanted him to somehow, he was nine months old, probably would never remember it. But perchance he could. I wanted him to know what it felt like to be part of a church where the presence of God was moving. I didn't know how long it would be before we felt that here. I didn't know how long it would be before we got to experience that. We were starting in my house. It's not easy to have church in somebody's house. And, 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 so, and so I thought, I don't know how long it'll be before we feel this. He could be several years older than he is right now. And, and, and there would be a lot of times where we would load up in the car on a Sunday afternoon after having church here and drive back there to be with them just to kind of ex- expose him to being uh, in, in a church where the presence of God was moving in a strong way. But let me tell you, I'm really glad to report we don't have to just do that anymore because in this church you can count on the fact that God moves and God comes and God is real in this house. I thank God for the church. When we come in here and we begin to worship him, you know he's going to show up. You know he's going to be here. You don't have to wonder if he'll show up. You know he's going to show up. I thank God for the church. It is the place that my children are being exposed to the glory of God. It's the church. The church the church we need the church make sure you recognize the value of it pour yourself into the church we're getting ready there's 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 things that that just on the calendar right now things we're trying to get all lined out because we're we're doing some new things going into the year and and uh and i'm going to tell you a lot of it depends on how you view this church a lot of it depends on how you view this church. If all you view this church as is a place for you to show up on Sunday and Wednesday, you won't get it. But if you recognize the value that is in here for you and your family and then for the families of those who will come in, if you recognize the value in it, you're going to be saying, plug me in, make me a part of this. Do you realize you and I get to be a part of what the greatest uh, institution on this earth is the church it is the church it is the church it's a haven of hope in a world of despair it's a place where hearts are healed it's a place where lives can be made brand new it's a place where old things pass away behold all things become new there is a church because jesus came i'm thankful that jesus came If Jesus had not come, not only would there be no church, but there would be no remission of sins. There'd be no remission of sins. Paul spoke and said, he he said, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. What's he talking about? He's referring there to the Old Testament law where there were offerings that were made, sin offerings that would be made in particular. And those, those offerings uh, would, would cause the sin of a family to be rolled back for a year. 
and uh, at the at once a year the high priest would come in and there would be uh, there would be two uh, goats brought in and and one would be offered and the other would be the scapegoat and the high priest would 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 transfer the sins of Israel onto that scapegoat and it would be let set loose into the wilderness and uh, it, and it the purpose of that was to take the sins of Israel away from them, far away from them. But really all that was happening with all of that is that sins were just being pushed back a year, pushed back a year, pushed back a year. Every year you had to do the same thing because if you didn't, your sins didn't get pushed back. So you had to make sure they got pushed back one more time. And Paul came along and he said, you know what? He said, as good as it was for that moment, he said, all it could do was push them back. He said, but the, the blood of bulls and goats it wasn't possible that they should take away our sins. It wasn't possible. But he came along in Hebrews 9 and 12, and he said this, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So I am here to tell you tonight that if Jesus had not done that, there would be no remission of sins for us tonight. There would be no remission of sins if Jesus had not come. If Jesus had not come, you'd be trying to work under a system that, that was limited at best. You'd be working under a system that, that, that was something just to, it, it was almost like a patch to get to, to, to take care of things for just a certain amount of time. But it's, it's like when your windshield gets a crack in it and they give you one of those little patches and you put it on that crack and, and what are you trying to do? You're trying to keep that crack from spreading, but the crack's still there. And it would always be there. But, but Jesus came and he said, now it's not going to be there anymore, but now it's a whole new windshield. And, and now, you're, you, now it, you can look through and you don't see through cracks anymore and, and you don't see you don't see things that look broken anymore. He said, now you can see it all because we have remission of sins. And if Jesus had not come, you and I would still be laboring under the burden of our sins. But the scripture said that he took the, the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us. And he nailed them to his cross. He took away the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us and he nailed them to his cross. And brother, when he did that, he took away the sins for you and he took away the sins for me. If Jesus had not come, I'd be laboring under the burden of my sins. But oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to carry it anymore. There is a place that I can go. There is a place of repentance that I can make it to. And if I will just go before the Lord in repentance, my sins can be cast as far away as the east is from the west. Somebody said, why did he say the east and the west? Why didn't he say the north and the south? Because we've got a north pole and we've got a south pole. And you know when you get to the north pole and you know when you get to the south pole. But when you say east and west, you don't know how far the east goes, and you don't know how far the west goes. There is no pole that you can reach there. It just keeps going and going and going. And what he has done for you and I is caused our sins to just be put as far away from us 
as is possible, as is possible, never to be seen again, never to be held against us again. And if the devil comes along telling you and reminding you of things in your past, you just need to tell the devil, I don't carry that anymore. You want to carry it? That's fine. You go ahead and carry it. But I don't carry that anymore, devil. I don't live under that weight anymore. The Lord has removed that from me. He has given me remission of sins. What a wonderful Savior that we have. All of us have fallen short. None of us were worthy, but grace and mercy have found us and lifted us out of the miry clay and set our feet upon a rock to stay. And that would not have been possible if Jesus had not come. And then finally tonight, I tell you this. If he had not come, we could not have known God. We could not have known God. If the Lord hadn't come to this earth, we would not have a correct picture and understanding of God. You say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, the Jews to this day don't. Because they don't recognize the fact that he came. So while they worship one true God, the one true God, they don't have a correct understanding of who that God is. And... The only way for us to, to know that is because Jesus came. Because Jesus came. We would not have known what God is like if Jesus had not come. If Jesus had not come, all we would know of God is that he's a God uh, of, of fire and brimstone. And he is a God of fire and brimstone. All we'd have known is he's a God of judgment. And he is a God of judgment. But we wouldn't have known he's also a God of compassion. A God of forgiveness. A God who will take somebody caught, the scripture said, in the act of adultery. And, and say, let he who is, out, is without sin cast the first stone. And then look at that lady and say, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. All we would have known because the law said she should be stoned. And the law was right. God said, I've got to reveal more about who I am to you. And I've got to show you more about who I am. And he showed us mercy. And he showed us forgiveness. And he showed us compassion. And he showed us that he will walk on the water when we are in the middle of our storms. And he showed us that he'll show up when we think everything is absolutely at the at, at the end of what can be that he'll show up in the middle of our mess he showed us that he'll come to the things that everybody says is dead matter of fact uh, they said of Lazarus Lord he's been dead four days he surely he stinketh at this point he stinks God but Mike Williams came along several years ago and he preached a message I love it he preached a message entitled the stink won't stop him and Jesus showed up and said, that's okay. You may say it's a stinking situation, but I'll come anyway. He showed us what kind of a Savior that he is. We wouldn't have known him like that if Jesus had not come. Man has always longed to know what God is like. The mind of man has ever turned toward the heavens in search of his creator. 
for centuries, prophets and poets and sages sought a way to search out God, to know him, to really know about him. But it wasn't until God gave us a full-length portrait of himself in the person of Jesus Christ that we could know the very nature of deity. It wasn't until Jesus came to earth that we could really know deity. Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus was made in the image of the invisible God. God is, in, is invisible. You cannot see God. And so nobody could really see God until Jesus came along and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, the scripture says, is the image of the invisible God. You could not look upon God without Jesus. That's why Jesus declared, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And he that has known me has known the Father. Because it was the Father, the Spirit of God, that indwelt the flesh of the man, Christ Jesus. Because he came, we can know God. Because he came, we can now walk with God. God no longer abides in a tent concealed from his people. But now he abides within us because Jesus Christ came to this world. And I am glad to tell you tonight that Jesus came. If he hadn't come, we'd be wondering, what's God like? What is God like? Who is God? How is God? But because he came, we got to see God in action. We got to see God in action. I'm here to tell you tonight, if Jesus had not come, we'd be in a great big mess. We'd be in a great big mess right now. But because Jesus has come, we get to celebrate the most wonderful time of the year. And it's not about pies, and it's not about Christmas trees, and it's not about gifts under a tree, and those are all fine, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But we know that's not what it's all about. That's just side stuff. That's just, but that's not what it's all about. What it's really all about is the fact that Jesus came. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you said, I will step down out of glory and I will step into time. I will experience what you experienced. I will feel what you feel. You've been hungry. Jesus felt hungry. You've been thirsty. Jesus felt thirsty. You have felt betrayed. Jesus felt betrayed. You have felt forgotten. Jesus felt forgotten. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And we have a God tonight who has been where you've been, who has felt what you felt, and who knows the things that you go through. He is not a God that is afar off. He is not a God that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. 
he is not a God that is so disconnected from his people that, that he's in some other strata, that, that, that he doesn't know the pain and the heartache and the suffering you feel. But he's a God that has experienced it all. And the reason for that is Jesus came. Jesus came. If you are thankful in this house tonight that Jesus came, and if you are making up your mind that in this Christmas season, you're not going to let it become just about everything else. I hope you have a wonderful time with your family this coming week. I hope you enjoy time with your family. I hope your kids get excited. I hope you I hope y'all all sit around the table. I hope no fights break out. I, I, I hope everything's wonderful. I hope you get to, to, to enjoy all the different aspects of Christmas. Do all of those things. But please, 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 in the middle of it all, don't forget about how good God has been to us and the fact that he came. If it had not been for the babe of Bethlehem, we wouldn't be here tonight. You wouldn't have the church. You wouldn't have remission of sins. And you would not have the ability to know God. But tonight, we know him. We know him. We know him. You've met him in prayer. You've met him in services like we're having right now. You've experienced his presence in all manner of different circumstances and situations. And tonight, if you would just like to experience him one more time, I invite you to stand to your feet, lift your hands toward heaven, and just begin to give our great God praise would you do that tonight go ahead and just give him some thanksgiving and praise tonight thank you lord that you came Thank you, Lord, that you came for me. You came for all of these wonderful people that are in this room tonight. You came for us. You came for us. You came for us. Let's just keep that going for a moment, would you? It just feels good right now. It feels real good right now for us just to be reminded that he came for us. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship him. Something wonderful here right now. And when he came, he did not come so that we could just put it in cruise and continue on as we had been. That wasn't the purpose of his coming. He didn't leave me the way that he found me. He 
he didn't leave me to die in my sins, but he left me his Holy Spirit to live within. He left me a brand new man. Well, he didn't leave me the way that he found me. And he didn't leave me to die in my sins. Oh, but he left me his Holy Spirit to live within. He left me a brand new man. Well, he didn't leave me the way that he found me. And he didn't leave me to die in my sins. Oh, but he left me his Holy Spirit to live within. He left me a brand new man. Hallelujah. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I'm not still walking paths I used to walk. It wouldn't be possible except for the fact Jesus came. So when everybody around you this season and I don't know if you've become aware of it or yet, uh, or not yet, but we live in an increasingly secularized world. I, we used to talk about being a Christian nation. I don't know if you could really call us that anymore. And when everybody around you wants to make Christmas very secular, and they want to make it about the, the trappings of Christmas, you need to make sure you stand up and remember the meaning of Christmas. And that is, Jesus came. Would you give him a hand clap of praise? Amen. I'm glad we came to church tonight. I'm glad to be in the house of God.